Good evening, everyone. You know what time it is, 7 p.m., trade period. We've actually got, kind of, got some news uh, tonight. Uh, got plenty to get through, 30 minutes. Welcome to you, Dan. Hey, everyone. How are we doing? How are you, mate? What's going on on your end? Uh, I'm keeping one eye on Scotland versus Russia in the World Cup and uh, enjoying the fact that it looks like we're close to a guaranteed trade. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. If you're new to the show, welcome. Basically, this is 30 minutes. We'll be doing this every night during the trade period. Uh, For those, I'm sure you're aware that there's a lot of information that gets sifted through um, on Twitter and the like. So the purpose of this show is to really sift through all the news bring you guys the Carlton relevant news and put it all together in half an hour for you. So that's what we'll do. Looking forward to it. I've got a few things on the agenda tonight, but um, I guess we should probably just get cracking into it, mate. Um, let, let's start with you know the main news, uh, and that is, that is our man, Eddie Betts. Uh, we know that he's uh, almost home. I think well, he's almost home. So the report goes that uh, John Ralph reported today on, uh, on the Herald Sun website that we would be giving in pick 47, he reported, but it's actually pick 48 because he hadn't taken into account that the Brandon Ellis compensation pick would be there. So it's going to be what he is reporting as pick 48 in exchange for Eddie Betts. Um, there have been some other conflicting reports about a potential future fourth rounder, um, but I could only see a link from the Herald Sun website, so that's what I posted. If there is a link that ends up coming up which talks about a fourth-round pick, I will definitely post that. Um, I want to talk about this for a few minutes because there's a few elements to this. Dan, why don't we start with you, and if you're watching at home, first of all, welcome, and second of all, what do you think of the deal? Is pick 48 for bets enough? Do you like the fact that there's a bit of a salary um, that's being paid by the LA Crows? Let us know in the comments, and I'll feature them here on the show. Dan, what do you think, mate? Um, Well, I mean, like, I think the first thing is just look at the reaction. Um, Like I was saying the other day, like, if we just take football out, the on-field, off-field effect of bets is massive. Mm -hmm. And we've already seen that. Everyone's pumped. Everyone's buzzing. Um, I do think when you look, if it is 48, I do think if we look at the fact that Tomlinson and Ellis, who have a lot of football, particularly Ellis, what he went for in a comp pick, you may consider it a bit overs when we look at Sam Mitchell and Hodge was 71 and 80, respectively. So it might be a little bit overs. The fact that we've cut the price, though, like I said, it was reported 600K. It's come down to 400 with 100 from Adelaide. You've probably got him for the right salary. I think 300K is pretty good. Um so if we get a future fourth rounder back, it doesn't make a huge bit of difference in the trade. It probably takes that to about a 57, a 60. So, I mean, yeah, I'm, you've got to pay for contracted players there. Yep. It was obvious we wanted this deal done. I yep. think that was very prevalent in Carlton. Yep. I think the salary, just from the outside looking in, I have no idea about how this stuff works personally, but it seems like had the salary not been paid by Adelaide, then we would have been looking at giving them something, something like our pick 70, which seems to be what everyone wanted to do. Um, there's a few elements to this I want to touch on. So first of all, to you, Dan, and, and secondly, to the audience. Um, there's an argument. Look, I, I completely get why you know the appeal for Eddie Betts. 
Um, in terms of long term, does it, it doesn't look like we're going to be getting Dan Butler, who we will be touching on uh, shortly. But getting Betts in, and if it's Papley and Martin as well, you think Betts is sort of that gap filler. Um, what do you think about that? Would you have preferred um, Eddie Betts, or would you have preferred Dan Butler for the future? Like it's sort of like you've got to toss up between one of the two. Oh, it's a tough one to answer because, I mean, like, Betts does bring something that Butler doesn't. He brings the name, he brings the energy, he brings the enthusiasm. There's that argument there. I understand that. Butler would be there, though. You would imagine Premiership tilt will be not next year, the year after. So we're assuming it was reported on it a year deal Betts has got. Mm-hmm. It was just a one-year deal, I think, in the article. So it kind of cancels that out, but Betts does add that repertoire that we can slowly feed Cunningham in because he has issues with getting fit. We can, you know, develop Owies. We can develop Gibbons with an exceptional small forward where we don't know if Butler could do that. He probably hasn't played enough games to warrant being a mentor. But, I mean, Butler, his resume is very good. Leading pressure acts for the 2017 Richmond team. Highly rated as well at that point. He's kind of fallen out of favour at Richmond. So I can see both arguments. I mean, Betts is here now. So like kind of any negativity I had towards it has evaporated. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, I mean, we've spoken about it regularly. You know, we can all have our opinions and, and they're all great and they're all welcomed. But at the end of the day, once the club makes a decision, really we're, you know, we're servants to the club in that sense. Um, I think, you know, you, you can look for negatives in anything. You can look for positives in anything. It's really what you decide to do. Um, for me, you know, Eddie Betts, we, you know, we've spoken about the intrinsic value of what a guy like he brings, you know, emotionally, um, spiritually to the club. I think also something that probably hasn't been spoken about uh, is the fact that he and Mitch McGovern both understand and uh, relate to the David Teague system very well. They know how it's run. They know what he's trying to achieve. And if you look at the potential forward line of Harry, Charlie, Mitch, Tom Papley, Eddie Betts, and, say, David Cunningham, um, I think what you'll find is, well, there's a full, there's a lot of forwards there. They're going to have to generate a really good system. And I think Mitch McGovern and Eddie Betts are only going to be positive influences for that because they understand the system. Uh, I think that's probably something that hasn't been spoken about. Do you, do you feel the same? Oh, definitely. I mean, like, I know when I had that brief chat with Mitch, he did mention Eddie was coming home. It was one of the things he said. He's looking forward to playing with Eddie again. So obviously he's a big impact on on McGovern as well, which, I mean, that's a big thing because if we can get Mitch McGovern firing, that forward line's dangerous. You think Kerner, McGovern, Papley, Martin slotting in at half-forward flank, Connors, Betts. It's a premiership forward line. I mean, like, for me... Betts is now. He's a signing for now. He's going to up the standard. Small forwards are a huge weakness at Carlton. When you look at the disparity between the tolls and the smalls, they weren't really chipping in with goals. When you look at the, the, the spreading of the top teams, it's quite high. We didn't really have that. So Betts is instantly going to up that experience. He's going to really pull the boys along. So... Probably, I'd say, it's going to develop Cunningham and players like that very quickly because they are playing with probably, there's a good argument to be said, Betts is the best small forward of the last decade. So, not a bad person to learn from. 
Yeah, absolutely. And there's one other point I want to bring up as well, which I thought of, which is well, we're going to have the debate tomorrow um, with yourself and Riley. Now, obviously, the bets news has come through. We probably should have had the debate last night, but that's what happened. So, you know, we won't have the debate because it's just not relevant anymore. Um, but the point I wanted, to, the question I wanted to ask, you know, you look at the the small forward position over the last few years at the club, and it's it's really like this: like, would you rather have the three years that what we did with a guy like Kim LeBoy, who we used, we did use a pick five in the rookie draft for Kim LeBoy, um, or the three years that we had with Jared Pickett, or the three years that we had with Jared Garlett? Would you rather that experience, or would you rather two years, let's say, of Eddie Betts? And I kind of lean towards the two years of Eddie Betts because. You know what you're going to get. You know he's going to be impacting in some way. He, might, he, he probably is on the decline. He's not in, his, in, in the best form of his career. But there's an argument to be made that it's better than what we've been doing the last few years. You know, Clem Smith, uh, another one that we drafted with a later pick. I, I think what a lot of people misinterpret with my like the fact I'm not bouncing off the walls. Like I'm happy he's here. Is what you're touching on there? It is kind of a detriment to Carlton Football Club that Eddie Betts at 33 is our best small forward already. He walks in and he's head and shoulders above the rest. And not many clubs would that happen. Do you know what I mean? That you he would be the sole reliant on that small forward team. So you see, that is a big thing that concerns me. And to answer your question, you'd rather have Betts, yeah. But for me, it would have been great to do this deal two years ago mm. when we did have Kim when we did have Pickett, I mean, imagine him as an ins- as a mentor for Pickett. We know Pickett had his issues. We know how good Pickett could have been. Imagine how good Pickett could be now. Yeah. Matt Michael, good evening to you. Really good question. I want to pose this to everyone in the audience. How many years do you think Betts has left? I'm going to say two. Let us know what you think in the comments. Just write the number in the comments uh, below just so I can get a general idea of what everyone thinks. Um, Dan, what do you think? How long has he got left? What's he going to I, I would expect this year he'll play 16 to 20 games. And then I would say next year he'll probably start to feed down to about, you know, the 12, 14 mark. So I would say two of resourcefulness. I, I'd like it to be a year. And I'd like always Gibbons and Cunningham to be really fit. And then Betsy's more of our backup behind the scenes focusing more on that mentor role. Yep. But definitely next year, he's going to be a, he'll be, he'll be a great player for us next year, no yeah. doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Getting a few here. Two years from Peter Vlahos. George thinks one. Two years from Matt Ferrari. Three years, Matt Michael. Taylor thinks he's going to have three years. Two to three years from Drew Bakes. Um, Scott Gawley thinks... We may still have three picks higher than that. I reckon we can get Martin and Paps with three picks left. Bailey says two years. Matt Beachy says one. Gavin says three. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm kind of averaging it roughly in my head, but I'm going to say the average that we all think is going to play is two years. So it makes sense. And who knows, by that point, we might get another small forward and he might actually develop into a coach, but that remains to be seen. Um, so that's it for Eddie Betts for now. Let's move on to the next one. Um, this is an interesting one. It, I, I'll tell you why. So Zach Fisher over here, and I'll tell you why it's interesting because I didn't, I didn't really know if we'd be reporting on this, but um, the rumors are really ripe, and I got quite a few messages on my Instagram um, about Zach Fisher. Like, I just, I'm not entertaining anything about Zach Fisher. I don't think we're going to get rid of him, but the rumors are kind of there. They're swirling around. There's some pages that are running with it. 
Um, nothing's been mentioned on trade radio, but because of the volume of the questions about Zach Fisher, I thought you know it's better that we address it here. Um, do you think that? I mean, we, we spoke about potential. There was a question we got asked last night about potential, um, you know, trade bait guys from our club. Zach Fisher could be one of them, especially if we've got Jack Martin that comes into the side uh, and the like. So, like, is Zach Fisher really someone that we're going to be moving on? Well, I mean, I've got so much abuse that it's my fault he's leaving (laughs) because I've mentioned it three times, so I'll specify it again. Like, for me, I don't think he should go. But when you look at that midfield, you would definitely say that Zach Fisher is probably the disposable one. Like, you would definitely say that. So, And the reason I say that is Carlton have viewed him more across the half-forward flank, more on the outside. His skill set literally reflects that a lot more as well when you look at the fact he plays more on the outside, he's more lightweight, his skill set is his delivery and his pace. So not really conducive for the inside. I know he's played games on the inside. So for me, looking forward, yeah, I would say that if someone is coming in for trade bait, Fisher is probably the one that you would say, unfortunately, would be the one. Like, I don't think it will, and I don't want it to be, but I would say logically he is. Yeah. Um, Tracy made a good comment here, which I was actually just about to to bring up. Uh, Mitch Cleary stated on Trade Radio today that there's no substance to the Facebook rumours. He said that he saw Fisher at the function at the BNF. Uh, he's very, very happy with Cripps and Carlton. Fisher, I, I've got to say, he was in fine form. By the end of the night, he had his shirt untucked. He was running around doing his thing. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 always very difficult to talk about trade rumours with players that are just not, you know, the players that we don't want to actually move on, players that we enjoy watching and. Seems like Zach Fisher is really part of the future for us. Um, oh, definitely. I think the culture of our sport as well, we're not really there yet where we start bringing up trade targets and trade bait. In the US and in the NBA and the NFL, like, those conversations are ripe. Um, I'd love to see Zach Fisher figure it out. I think the reality is what happened this year, I think we can all sort of look at what happened to his season. He was moved to a bit more of a half-forward role, almost like a Jack Martin-type role, and he did struggle a little bit. Now, there might be a conversation that he's having with the club in his exit meeting where they say, listen, we do or we do not see you as an on-baller. You know, we want to bring in this player or we want to develop this player. We know that Gibbons is going to probably push into the midfield a little bit more next year. That's probably arguably what hurt Fisher. So there is maybe a little rumor that you can make up if you are the person that made this rumor up where you think you put the two dots together and you think logically maybe he wants some, some more midfield time and maybe he wants to go home. But... I think the the comfort factor, you know, he loves being at the club. He hasn't really shown any indication that he's unhappy. Um, sort of, and and the whole Crips thing, living with Crips. I think, I think uh, I'd be very shocked if Zach Fisher actually left. Oh, for me, the guy's hugely talented. If we go back to the back end of the year, just gone, Fisher for a good point in time was the best player in the team aside from Phil, um, Cripper. Yep. he was killing it. He looked brilliant. And I've got no doubt for me, his ceiling is really high. And I don't even think we've seen the start of where Fisher can do. He's exceptional at taking people on. I mean, and he's a lovely character, isn't he? Like, even at the BNF, he's got this aura about him where he's one of them kids you want to do well. And I really do foresee him being an important part of Carlton Football Club. <coughs> but for me, 
it's just when we're talking about trade bait, what Carlton fans need to understand is it can't be someone you don't like. It's got to be someone who appeals to other clubs. And for me, Fisher is almost the finished article. So if I was a West Coast, I'd want him over Dow and Gibbons and players like that because he's something to work with. So he has trade value. So that's what we mean when we talk about trade value. It's not I want him to leave. It's what I feel like he appeals to other clubs. Yep. And it's going to happen. Unfortunately, we've got so many kids. Yep. Eventually, it's going to happen where we have to dissect the squad like GWS have had to do. That's that's the exact point I was going to bring up. When you get such a plethora of... When you go to the draft so heavily like we have, the reality is these kids, you pick them, they're highly touted, they're going to, they're going to develop, they're going to want more money, they're going to get offered more money elsewhere. And I can probably see us in the next two to three years sort of becoming like that GWS factory where those fringe guys who are good enough to play 22 games but are only getting... 15 games sort of look elsewhere and we get picks in exchange and you know it is healthy for you know the constant evolution of of the club in getting new players but I think we as a club especially we're very emotionally attached to our players because we we're a very loving club you know so it's it's just always a sticky point to talk about oh definitely it's tough but like to me like just as it stands at the moment he has value so if you if I was a rival list manager he would be the one that I'd want if I was offered someone Outside of the big three, he would be the one I'd take. He's ahead of O'Brien. He's shown more than O'Brien consistently. For me, him and SPS would be the two that you'd really want because they've shown enough to show that they're good enough. Yeah. So it's a sad thing. But, I mean, eventually it will happen. Look at GWS. Shield was one of their top three performers year in, year out. They've got rid of him. They've replaced him really well. They got overs for him. That's going to start happening to Carlton eventually. Absolutely. All right, let's move on. Uh, the next item on the agenda is Dan Butler. He's back in uh, back in the news. The plot thickens a little bit here. So this was probably the, this was the early news of the day. Um, uh, I forget his first name. Excuse me, McDonald, who's the manager of Dan Butler. He spoke about how it's probably down to Carlton St Kilda at the moment. Now Sam McClure was talking at the time. And I was watching McDonald's body language when, because we know that Sauce came out yesterday and said, oh, you know, we're not, you know, it's sort of out of the picture. I don't know why his name's coming up. Um, there's two ways to look at this. Either Sauce is playing mind games or we're playing something with Richmond here. For me, knowing that the bets news is coming through, it seems like, like if you're Dan Butler, do you really want to come to a team that you know is pursuing bets Papley, Martin, I, I'm just trying to put some logic together. What do you think at home? I'm going to ask the question again. Would you, do you really do you want Dan Butler and Eddie Betts, or do you think we can only have one of the two? What do you think, Dan? Uh, I mean, I think for me, we're getting to the stage now. Let's just say hypothetically we burn 48 um, on Betts. Just say that's the trade we get nothing back. Yeah, you've got to manage. You'd say the prime targets for Carlton all along have been Papley. We've been begging for a small forward for three, four years. And you'd say someone who's got a bit of heart, bit of dash, half forward wing, who's, who's, you know, kind of a game changer. And you'd say Martin fits that bill in, in a way as well. So for me, them two are the priorities. So I can't see plausibly how you could get all four. Uh, I mean, for me, I think Butler... He's kind of has always been a backup for, say, 
Martin, Papley or Betts. I think that's always been the plan for me. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think at home? What do you think about this? Let me get some of these. Um, let me get some of these. Uh, nice little one from Eddie. Dan, you're looking slimmer tonight. You're inspirational. Love your oh, insight, you. fellas. Keep the info coming. Thank you very much, Eddie. Oh, thanks. There you go. Nice little one for you, Dan, just to pep you up a bit. That's very nice. Thank you very much. <laughs> Michael Howell is not convinced we're going to get uh, Jack Martin. Paul Mancini. Butler is insurance for Martin. That's That's another good point there. Thank you very much, Ryan. David, no butler, not good enough. David, do you think Betts, so I'm, I'm assuming you think Betts would be better than um, than Butler. Dan, do you want to give us a bit of a rundown on Butler, what he was able to do 2017 and why he maybe found his way out of the side last year? Well, I mean, it, it's a weird one because he kind of, his career form kind of coincided with Mr. The Emergence of Jackie Higgins as well. Um, but I mean, you think 2017, the guy had a real big year. He he won he, he won a coach's award at the BNF, average 3.61. Richmond have a measurement on their uh, tackles and their forward pressure, and he was top of that chart end of year 27, 17. So he's got a phenomenal prowess in that terms. I mean, 1.3 goals and just under four tackles a game, really high, and inside 50 count as well of 38%. So 38% of the time he gave the ball off inside 50. It resulted in a shot at goal. So real good numbers. So And he, he's kind of, if you look throughout his career, 2018, Jack Higgins started to take over that role. You've got Rioli. Like, they have a plethora of small forwards, Richmond. And he, 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 his numbers never waned. And this year as well, his numbers haven't waned at all as well. It's like literally he's on that four-tackle mark week in, week out. And that's where he is. He's basically Jack Silvani without the name, without the pace and without the likability. But he brings that forward intensity like Jack does. But he's a proven goal scorer as well. So people who say he's not good enough, Richmond's small forward line is a who's who of footballers. Like, And he's been really affected by Tom Lynch being there because now they've gone to that traditional two-man tall where before in their 2017 year, they were a one-man tall with a floating Josh Caddy. So it's tough because Tom Lynch is brilliant. Jack Rewa, who who do you drop out of that Richmond forward line? Yep. Like, I'd love their problem. That's where we need to be. And Butler comes from that winning culture. He, he was dominant in the VFL as well. Like, he's, he's a solid footballer. Whoever picks him up, good get. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. I think the general consensus there. Peter Cooper, good evening to you, mate. Peter Cooper is the former president of my beloved Thomastown Football Club. Um, Another town. And he's a big Brisbane Lions fan. Uh, Peter, if you're still watching, mate, give us a bit of a rundown on what we can expect from a guy like Tom Cutler and where he would fit into Carlton and why we need him. Uh, appreciate having you tonight, mate. Um, so that's it. We've got, we've got about five or six minutes left. We're going to open it up to you guys if there's any questions that you have. Actually, I do have a question for the audience. Now that we have the debate that's sort of been cancelled with Eddie Betts tomorrow, can you come up? Is there a topic that you want to have um, Dan and Riley debate tomorrow or maybe even next week about so they can maybe prepare and research? The idea is each of them will have five minutes to prepare their arguments for or against a motion. Um, and then they'll have three minutes to go back and rebut the other's arguments and then the audience will be able to decide who they think uh, is the winner. So let us know your, your uh, thoughts. 
Um, I'll get some comments through here. Paul Mancini, Butlery sauces insurance to negate Gold Coast hardball. A way of saying take on take what's on offer, or we have other plans. Personally, think he's more solid, consistent wise than just potential. Martin is risky, but chose us over dogs. Interesting. Uh, Alex Thompson thoughts on Macintosh and Luke English. Dan, you got any thoughts on Macintosh and Luke English? Macintosh, really solid performer. Really solid performer. Um, but I, I think, yeah, yeah, for me, like English and Macintosh, they're kind of, they're not them exciting players, are they? So, I'll, like, Macintosh comes with the experience, very solid. He's going to give you what you give you. I mean, for me, I'd rather, if we're going to go and get anyone, I'd go and get Brady Crouch. Yep. Well, it's funny you bring him up because he's the next guy I want to talk about. It seems like he's the name that was the talk of the town today. Everyone, I've got a few comments here about Brad Crouch being the midfielder, the secret midfielder that approached Carlton um, for a potential move. Uh, we did speak about Brad Crouch last week. Um, I don't know. I, I don't want to entertain the Brad Crouch thing just yet. Nothing really suggests that yet. I know that there are rumors swirling out there, but um, yeah, it's not something I really think we should entertain just yet. Oh, um, I mean, for me, like, I'll keep saying it again. I don't think we need more midfielders yep. unless we're talking triple-A grade. Yep. Like, so for me, I really do believe it'll be these three small words, forwards. We'll probably go into the draft, pick up, do Sauce does what he does best, pick up a couple of project players, move on, top 10 next year, flag 2021. Mm-hmm. That is the trade strategy. You heard it here first. Yep. I like it. I like it. Some interesting um, debate topics coming through. Is Levi tradable? Yes or no? Um, <laughs> 2020, Carlton make the eight. Yes or no? I like that. Yes, we will. We'll do it. I don't know if you can find a Carlton supporter that thinks we won't make the eight, though. <laughs> Isn't it our job to be uh, too excited? Well, you got to remember that some idiot on this show put $1,000 on Carlton making the eight last year. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess what? My wife has never forgiven me. Well, you've got to double up, mate. You've got to double up <laughs> for next year. <laughs> Two grand this year. Has to. Peter Vlahos, do we pick up a mid now or leave the remaining salary cap for Whitfield or Green? Good question. Um, Dan obviously just said he, his point about he felt, felt like we didn't need a midfielder. I personally think we do need another midfielder, but I also did listen to Agresta and Soss the other day when they said, we're backing in our list. Now, if you think about the last few years, you know, Setterfield, Kennedy the year before, we've gone out and got these young midfielders who are touted to become big-bodied midfielders to help Crip. So Ed Kerner can sort of help out now, and to an extent Murphy, um, and I guess to an extent Jack Silvani, you know, at times this year did that a little bit. I think the idea is next year Kennedy and, you know, Setterfield are those players that we're looking for. Having said that, there's probably got to be some sort of a thought about the fact that, you know, we did finish third last this year, you know, for a reason. I know that we had a change of coach and whatnot, but you've got to be a little bit of a realist as to where, where are we really at? We got what we deserve. We won seven games, finished third last in the ladder. So we probably do need another midfielder. That's what makes me feel like we do. Um, but let me know what you think about that. I mean, definitely as well. People underestimate the change of coach as well. Because if we look at our small forwards, just in that aspect, Gibbons was going on to kick 30 based on how many 
goals he had per game. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? There was a massive increase in, like, you know, output attacking-wise. So, like, for me, Setterfield, I think Kennedy deserves another year and it's a chance to show. But we have got the luxury of Murphy and Kerno, like you say. Yep. So, for me, let's keep it a year, bide the salary cap time, keep that future first-round pick, a lot of big fish on the market next year. If needs be, we go and pay big money for someone else because we've got to get a big player over the line like eventually a, on the free agency. It has to. Like a but, Whitfield. I mean, imagine that. This time next year, Whitfield, Papley, bets. Forget well, about what, it. Just give us the flag. Peter Vlahos has actually raised that as the debate topic. Do we go for a big fish now or next year? There's another good one there. I like it. Bring back Coggy. Coggy yeah, bring- changes his mind next year. <laughs> David Jankovic, good evening to you. Can you imagine Betts and Papley in the same forward line picking up the crumbs? I'm excited. I like it. George, another good point here, another player that we should probably talk about, maybe we'll do it tomorrow, is Aiden Bonner. We do like the him. The Bond dog. We do Get like him. him. There is obviously a bit of a risk with the fact that he's had two ACL injuries and you know how many players do you want on your list with that type of you know injury history? But... Make no mistake, he does fit the profile for what we kind of need, hey? Ah, I mean, to answer both them questions in one couple of sentences, yeah, Bonner, big body, great hair as well. Like, he's a real character. He's real charismatic. So, I mean, that's a real positive thing to have around. And our forward line, yeah, just imagine it next year. Papley, Kerno, Cunningham, Sot, Jesos. That is a flag-winning team. Just in the forward half. I like it. I like it. All right, guys, that is 30 minutes. There's your daily recap. Love, love doing this. It's good fun. Hope you enjoyed it. See you guys at the same time tomorrow, 7 p.m. Hopefully there's some official news. We have sort of a little bit of a taste. Like We know that bets is going to definitely happen. So that's exciting. Hopefully that gets announced tomorrow, and hopefully the Papley deal gets done as well. Uh, thank you all for your comments. Uh, thank you all for your support, and see you tomorrow. Good night. See you tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen.